it is broadly recognized, um, you know, the challenges uh, our oceans face from, from warming temperatures, rising sea levels, increased storm activities, and, and, and other challenges like illegal fishing. So my perspective is, is, is one from industry and, and one that's focused on ESGs and, and really how we can build a sustainable way of observing the ocean that benefits many stakeholders, protects our environment, and uh, creates a, a safe space. Welcome to Clean Tech Forward, a foresight podcast where we explore clean tech customers, capital, and Canada's path to net zero. Tune in to learn more about Canada's most exciting clean tech startups, industry success stories, investor insights, and academic initiatives as we accelerate the growth and impact of clean tech together. This Clean Tech Forward podcast is supported by Gowling WLG. A global leader in intellectual property law, Gowling WLG works alongside Canadian clean tech companies to develop IP strategies that maximize business opportunities and increase market share while protecting valuable innovation. From idea to investment to international expansion, Gowling WLG understands the potential of your intellectual property at every stage of growth. Visit gowlingwlg.com backslash cleantech to learn how they can support your business today. My name is Jeanette Jackson, and you are listening to Clean Tech Forward, a podcast dedicated to clean tech and the global path to net zero through innovation, partnerships, capital, and collaboration. I'm an entrepreneur, investor, and CEO of Foresight Canada, Canada's largest clean tech accelerator. I'm also a mom and hyper-passionate about everything climate and sustainability. Today, I'm speaking with a very special guest, Julie Angus of Open Ocean Robotics. Julie's personal and professional journeys are awe-inspiring. She was the first woman to row across the Atlantic, charting a course from Portugal to Costa Rica. She is also the founder and CEO of Open Ocean Robotics, an autonomous watercraft company that has been making waves in Canadian clean tech with their self-driving boat. Open Ocean Robotics began as a passion project Julie pursued from her garage. Today, we'll discuss how she began her company and fast-tracked it to award-winning success. We will also discuss the future of oceans and how autonomous technology can further our understanding of these uncharted ecosystems. Julie, thanks for coming on. Well, thanks for having me, Jeanette. I'm really excited to be here. So Julie, you were the first woman to row across the Atlantic Ocean. Your voyage gave you or inspired you with the idea to start Open Ocean Robotics. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that journey? For sure. Yeah. So uh, it was the first woman to row across the Atlantic from mainland to mainland. So that was from Portugal to Costa Rica. Uh, it's a route that's almost 10,000 kilometers and uh, it took us five months. So, so not a fast journey, but it was really a remarkable one. Um, you know, before starting out, I didn't know, you know, what we would really see out there in terms of uh, wildlife, you know, we're just this little speck on the ocean. Um, but as it turned out, you know, we, we saw quite a bit whales and sharks and spinner dolphins and, and large turtles and 
you know, there's the beauty of being out on the ocean for, for that long. But then you also recognize the challenges. And unfortunately, the year we went, it was the worst hurricane season in history up to that point. And uh, it was the year of Hurricane Katrina. And, and so we got hit by two hurricanes as, as well as three tropical storms. So as you can imagine, being in a tiny rowboat in a hurricane is a pretty frightening experience. Uh, so it really brought home um, the beauty of the ocean, but also the challenges of being on it and and how very few people will ever see, you know, the middle of the Atlantic. And as a result, you know, 80% of our oceans are unexplored, unobserved, unmapped, and that creates all kinds of challenges challenges in protecting them and understanding them and in operating on them. So, so the idea behind open ocean robotics is really to overcome those challenges using innovation. So using robot boats to go out there and to continuously collect data and to stream that back in real time so that we can uh, gain those insights we need to be able to um, protect and operate on our oceans. That's amazing. I so much respect for your journey and commitment, not only through five months of navigating the oceans, but taking time to reflect on what could be a potential solution to solve some of those gaps that you're mentioning, things like data and mapping. I think people underestimate the important role that oceans play in managing our climate through absorbing sol solar radiation and releasing heat that's needed to drive atmospheric circulation, things that I am just learning more about. Uh, at Foresight, we cover a lot of different sectors. And so we really lean on you and, and other uh, innovators to, to help guide us and educate us. But tell us a little bit about sort of what Open Ocean is doing from a technology perspective and some of the first areas that you're tackling as we're solving this data and mapping challenge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And you're so right. The oceans just play such a critical role in the health of our planet and combating climate change. You know, they're the largest carbon sink in, in providing for, for people um, in supporting our economy. Uh, and, and I think they do tend to be overlooked sometimes. You know, here we're on the coast, so we're it's a bit more in our face. But there's there's so much opportunity in the ocean industry, in the, the blue tech industry. It's it's a $2.5 trillion uh, industry, and it's very rapidly growing. And so with our technology, we produce solar-powered autonomous boats that can go out on the ocean for months at a time, completely renewably powered and run a, a suite of sensors. So our boats are really a platform for measuring different things in the ocean. So we can measure the weather, we can measure the ocean currents, we can listen for whales, or uh, observe vessels, we can uh, measure fish biomass. And this is hugely important across a whole range of industries. Uh, but where our focus is, is, is maritime protection. Uh, so most of our work right now is in marine mammal monitoring and illegal fishing enforcement. And those are both two very critical issues. Illegal fishing is, is a huge problem. 30% um, of fish is caught illegally. It has a $23 billion impact. 
And marine mammal monitoring is very important for protecting marine mammal populations, especially endangered populations like the southern resident killer whale on the west coast of Canada or the North Atlantic right whale on the east coast of Canada. Did you see the Netflix special, Sea Spiracy? I did, yes, yeah. I watched it with my daughter. She's 14. And I I feel like the next generation of youth are more aware, astute, concerned, in fact, sometimes causing stress, but we won't go there today on what they're eating and what's happening to the planet. I, you know, sometimes these documentaries, they're hard to watch, but I think it's an opportunity for us as communities, individuals, companies to really take a hard look at ourselves and the practices um, that we're instituting as we try to feed and house and, and keep people safe. I have two boys, um, age uh, seven and 11, and, you know, we constantly share with them, um, you know, the beauty of the ocean and and the environment and the world around them. So they'd have that appreciation for the natural beauty um, and stewardship, but also the challenges. And and I think it is important to inspire our youth to to take action, to be proactive um, and, you know, to change the world. I want to dive in a little bit to sort of your most interested stakeholders. I imagine something like this. I mean, obviously, you know, climate is good business. You're doing well with your raises is my understanding. Congratulations. But at the end of the day, how are government agencies and perhaps other organizations that you didn't predict engaging with Open Ocean and and what surprised you on that front? Yeah, so we've worked with um, industry, government organizations, and nonprofit organizations. I I think, you know, each customer is is a little bit different. Uh, And, you know, we've done, for example, marine mammal monitoring for for both government and for industry. And the service we provide is is fairly similar. Um, The sales cycle could be different. The way you present data is different. In terms of what surprised us, I think, you know, in, in our journey growing as a company, um, we dealt with the challenge, you know, where is our, our first market? Where are we going to succeed at? Because, you know, it is a platform technology. We can run a, a variety of different sensors. You know, the first market that, that we went after and, and did a, a pilot in, which was seafloor mapping, um, you know, is a very significant market, but it ended up not being the market that we focused on. We focused more on acoustic monitoring, passive acoustic, because we found that we had a, a much stronger value proposition and we could do that in a way that was really hard for, for other technologies. Um, so I think that was an interesting learning process. And what role does the autonomous component play in your ability to do more faster as new technologies come into play? How important is that to open ocean? Yeah, so our our boats are totally uncrewed. So people are on shore operating them. Um, You can operate it remotely. So control it as it is on the water with with a joystick if you're in in cellular or radio range or if it's satellite, um, you know, upload commands. But we also have the ability to to autonomously operate it in terms of um, 
programming uh, a route for it to follow. And we're increasing the level of autonomy of the vessel. So we're um, increasing the, the amount of onboard processing to be able to avoid obstacles, to be able to process data from its sensors and react to it. And I think for, um, you know, uncrewed technologies like ours, that is really um, the, the path forward is just to continue increasing the autonomy so that it's smarter, able to operate more independently uh, and safer. Now, you've mentioned sort of some of the challenges going from early stage idea to now being commercial and in market. Uh, I know that you were one of the winners of the Women in Clean Tech Challenge that Mars ran. You've been a big part of the Foresight community for some time. How have these organizations supported you and, and helped you get to where you are today? Tremendously. Uh, we wouldn't be here without them. Everything from learning how to run a company, how to raise money, how to choose the right market, how to build a team. Um, you know, for me, this is, although I've had entrepreneurial pursuits before, this is the first time I've built a real company. So there's a lot of things that that I needed to learn and that my team needed to learn. So um, accelerators uh, and incubators like that offer that access to really talented people who, who have done it before. And that is hugely beneficial and crucial to building a company. Now, let's talk a little bit about the market. Obviously, in Canada, we're very bullish on climate change, but we also recognize that a lot of the, the earlier stage ventures, even when they get to a certain commercial level, still focus on international markets, including the US. How have you found the Canadian market? Are you focused more on exports right now or are, is there so, some good traction coming in Canada? I would say both. So our first customers were from the U.S., but this year we have about 50-50 U.S. and, and Canadian sales. So we've been very fortunate to have some great customers in, in Canada, they include um, the Department of Fisheries and Oceans. Um, we were uh, awarded a, an ideas contract. We are working with JASCO Applied Solutions to, to deliver a marine mammal monitoring service to, to a government customer. Um, so really, we are starting to get some great traction in, in Canada. So for those listeners, IDEAS is the Innovation for Defense Excellence and Security. It's a program in Canada that runs various innovation challenges. It, they cover quite a broad spectrum of things as well. So you'll definitely want to check out their uh, links and opportunities at uh, www.canada.ca. Did you win a specific challenge? Uh, yes, it was the It's Just Not Noise challenge, which is um, using acoustics to detect um, underwater noise. Awesome. Awesome. Now, thinking broader, I started to see some announcements. I believe were you in Europe last week? I had the opportunity to attend COP and more and more water data is coming front and center. We really need to understand what we're dealing with, whether, like you said, it's temperatures, noise, movement of goods and services, all of that. What organizations have been pulling you in to share sort of your critical perspective on what we need to be doing to better understand our oceans and, and help support them as we navigate through climate change? 
Yeah, so I was uh, in in Brussels for a NATO board meeting. I sit on an innovation advisory board there looking at using uncrewed systems in, in the maritime sphere. And there's a big push towards using it not just for defense, but other risks and climate risks, because it is broadly recognized, um, you know, the challenges uh, our oceans face from, from warming temperatures, rising sea levels, increased storm activities and, and, and other challenges like illegal fishing. So my perspective is is, is one from industry and, and one that's focused on ESGs and, and really how we can build a sustainable way of observing the ocean that benefits many stakeholders, protects our environment and uh, creates a, a safe space. Right. We um, in BC, as you know, have just experienced the largest rainfall in history. And I think all of us, our hearts are breaking for all of the livestock that have been lost, roads being washed away. Um, How do instances like this continue to inspire you and push forward. I reflect on my journey as an entrepreneur. And I mean, we we all have to love what we do. We have to live and breathe the business and technology every day. Uh, for, for, sometimes it's consuming. I think we all try to find ways to, to take a break. But how do these global instances sort of drive you and your team to continue to do what you do every day? Yeah, I mean, it's a very heartbreaking um, indicator of the challenges we face as a result of climate change. And the sad reality is that it's not going to get better unless we do something about it. So collectively, we need to change things. And, you know, ours is just one of many solutions. And, And it's important to continue to innovate and to advance them because, if, if we don't, um, things are going to continue to get worse. So I think, you know, for, for us, we're definitely driven um, by a mission to uh, improve sustainability in ocean data collection and also to overcome the challenges that we face because we can't monitor our oceans because they are just so vast and it is, you know, unfeasible given, you know, current technology such as traditional um, ships and aircraft. And of course, the environmental footprint of that is is also so significant. When you think about the next phase of growth for your business, what programs, initiatives, tools, uh, opportunities would give you that extra support that you need to take it to the next level? Yeah, so um, I think for us, you know, we're, we're, growing from from a startup to a company that's going to have a bit more established practices. Uh, So for us, it's building the team, um, you know, learning how to put those in place, um, how to deliver on time to our customers. Um, That's part of it. And then, um, you know, uh, sales, getting uh, repeatable customers, getting traction is very important. I think Canada is is doing a good job with some of its programs for for government procurement, such such as ideas and innovative solutions. And I think we need to continue to do that. Um, I think we need to continue to foster an atmosphere of adopting innovation so that, uh, you know, especially in industries that are are quite traditional. uh, So finding ways to encourage that. 
If you were talking to yourself uh, five years ago, is it about five years now that you've been going? Three years. Yeah, three. three. Like I mean, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> amazing progress in three years. So when your vessels are out on the ocean, are you sending photos back as well? Are, have, are there things that you've seen or maybe just in your journey that you never thought you would see before? I'm reflecting on images of plastic and and mm. waste and all. What what have you seen with your work so far that has either been shocking or or something that sticks in your head? Yeah, I mean, um, in my previous career, which was going out on expeditions in, in small boats and including that that row across the Atlantic, um, definitely saw the ocean in, in lots of different conditions. And I think in terms of uh, shocking, you know, you mentioned garbage on the ocean, and we certainly did see that um, in in our row across the Atlantic. Uh, probably about four months in, um, we came across an area where currents must have converged and it was just a, a line of, of plastic as far as the eye could see. And of course, it's really heartbreaking because you're in the middle of, of nowhere and to see that this very remote place could be so impacted is, is very tragic. So random question what do you eat on the boat? Do you, you, do you pack sort of the traditional small condensed high energy foods in as small a space as possible and just ration it? <laughs> How does that work? Yeah. So uh, the boat's pretty small, so you got to pack well. Um, so we actually had a, a freeze dry company sponsor us with freeze dried food, which is really easy. You know, you just add water, heat it up and away you go. Um, but it got stuck in Portuguese customs. So we were never able to get it out in time. And so instead we went to the supermarket and we bought things like uh, dehydrated potatoes, uh, beans, um, mashed potatoes, um, some cured meats, those sorts of things. All of that took a lot more space might have been a little bit tastier I don't know but then and then we would cook it up we had a single burner alcohol stove and and we also fished and we caught um dorado also known as mahi mahi it was the only fish we could catch but it was very easy to catch from a rowboat because they actually follow the rowboat they follow slow moving objects wow you have so much knowledge on the ocean and how it operates I I've always enjoyed being around the water I find myself at home and I can only imagine how much more real that is for you uh sounds like you've been on the water almost your whole life I guess I, I haven't been on the water my whole life definitely not but uh I've experienced it in different ways and I have to say it, it's really interesting experiencing it from shore now and instead of being out on the open ocean you know sending these robot boats out there and being able to collect that uh, information and seeing them go out in conditions that, you know, you just couldn't go out in, in a boat with people on it. It's, it's a very interesting perspective because I know just how rough the ocean can be. Absolutely. Well, to close off here, I wanted to sort of get uh, some insight from you. What does success look like to you for open ocean and for the work that you're inspiring and executing on in the next five, 10 years? Yeah, I think um, success for us looks like creating a, a sustainable way to understand our oceans. 
So I really envision a future where we create a digital ocean um, where we can understand it um, from seafloor to satellite across millions of um, miles and to be able to not only, you know, prevent illegal fishing, but to understand the impacts of climate change, to understand ocean currents, fish populations. And I think we can do that. And by continuing to innovate our technologies and others, uh, we will get there. Amazing. Julie, thank you so much for joining us today. Always a pleasure. And uh, we can't wait to share more of your success stories moving ahead. Thanks for coming on. Thanks so much, Jeanette. It's been fun. Thank you so much for joining us today on Clean Tech Forward. I hope you enjoyed that discussion. Julie's story is an exciting one to follow, and we can't wait to see what comes next of her and Open Ocean Robotics. Julie is certainly a woman in clean tech that I cannot wait to share her story with my daughter. Next week, I hope you'll join us on Clean Tech Forward for unique insights into clean tech investing. Foresight's VP of Growth and Capital, Jason Switzer, along with Marty Reed from Evoke Innovations, will be joined by a guest investor. These three hosts will hear a pitch from Mike Calland the CEO of Planetary Hydrogen, provide feedback and discuss the finer points of pitching to potential investors. We look forward to seeing you there. Cleantech Forward is brought to you with the support of Gowling WLG. To learn more about Foresight's programs, events, and more, visit us at foresightcac.com or follow us on social at foresightcac.com.